So first of all, I want to thank Pastor Anthony for inviting me here to share. I'm a, I'm Wilson. I'm a father of a seven-year-old boy, a lovely boy. His name is Joshua, and he's being homeschooled right now. Uh, when my son was about one year plus, we taught him things concerning healing. Uh, the first thing that he needed to do when there was pain in his body is to command the pain to leave his body in Jesus' name. And so he has ministered healing and the prophetic, and we've seen healings together. We rejoice together. We celebrate together. It's exciting. You know, I used to think that healing is only for a selected few. I thought that healing is not meant for everybody until I understood about identity. Because here's the thing. If you know your identity, healing will be your reality. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18 says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes in me and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. If they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt them. They will lay hand on the sick, and the sick will recover. I want to share with us today on how healing is every believer's reality. Uh, shall we pray? Uh, before we pray, I just want to share with you that while we are sitting there listening to the word, you can receive healing even before someone prays for you. But we have seen testimonies of people receiving healing. The Bible says that God sent forth his word and healed them. And we have lump disappearing from the breast, epilepsy disappearing and healed set free just by listening to the word without anyone praying for them. So you can be expectant to receive healing even as you are listening to the word. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you that Holy Spirit, you are the same in every single believer. And we ask that you teach us and show us, help us to behold Jesus because the more we see him, the more we become like him. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think more than three or four years ago, I was sharing with your youth group, youth group in your church on healing and outreach. And there was an 11-year-old girl at the time, I think she was probably P5 or P6, and she went out to, for an outreach together with us. She approached a stranger, an uncle, and God spoke to her about an area of pain in the uncle's body. It was confirmed by him. She ministered healing to him. He received healing. She shared the gospel with him, and he received Jesus into his life right at Orchard Road. And, and that's from your youth group. Amen. Mark 16, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes in me and is baptized. Now, what does this he refer to? It's not referring to the 12 apostles and 12 disciples. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes. So this he is referring to the new believer who has just believed in the gospel. Verse 17 says, these signs follow those who believe. So these signs follow those who have just believed in the gospel. And that includes the 11-year-old girl then and the uncle who has just received Jesus. These signs follow them. Healing follows them. Come on, healing follows you and me. These signs follow those who believe. If the signs don't follow us, then it probably has to do with our belief system. What do we really believe in. You know, very often people uh, want to know how to do healing, how to reach out to the lost, how to do ministry. It's all about do, 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 do. We Singaporeans simply love to do. 
but we are called believers. So it's about believing because our believing will affect our doing. What do we really believe in? Because if we believe right about who we are in Christ, if we know our identity, healing is our reality. Before Jesus sent the disciples out into the world to preach the gospel and fulfill the great commission, he said to them in John 20 and verse 21, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, what did the Father send Jesus to do? To reveal the Father. That's why in John chapter 14, Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have known me, you have known the Father. Everything that Jesus did and said, Throughout the entire gospel, it's exactly what the Father wanted to do and say. Jesus is the exact representation of God and His perfect will. And we can find that in Hebrews 1 and verse 3, Colossians 1 and verse 15. I repeat, Hebrews 1 and verse 3, Colossians 1 and verse 15. Throughout Jesus' ministry, He healed the sick, cleansed lepers, raised the dead, cast out demons. He preached the gospel. He fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He walked on water. He passed through the crowd supernaturally. He even transported the boat from one side of the island to the other side. Throughout Jesus' ministry, He always revealed the Father in both love and power, which includes healing, miracles, signs and wonders. Uh, 50% of Jesus' ministry was on healing. That tells me one thing. Healing and the gospel cannot be separated. In fact, there was not a single record in the gospel where Jesus ministered to an individual without both love and power, which includes healing, miracles, signs and wonders. It's not either one or the other. It's always both love and power. And we are called to be like Jesus. We, so we cannot choose. We want to be like Jesus only in one area and not the other. It has to be both love and power. All right. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, uh, I'm sure we are familiar with this verse. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That tells me one thing. Sickness and disease are oppression from the enemy, whether directly or indirectly. And the verse continues saying, for God was with Jesus. So the question is, is the Holy Spirit with you? Is the Holy Spirit with us? Because Jesus walked in healing, miracles, signs and wonders for God was with him. The Holy Spirit was with him. If the Holy Spirit is with us, if God is with us, then we can do the same thing. And that's why in John 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this he will do because I go to the Father. We will do the same works that Jesus did. And greater works than him because he has gone back to the Father. Do we really believe that? Because of my personal healing, I was diagnosed with an incurable autoimmune disease many years ago. And because I was personally set free and healed from that disease, I began to go after healing. And I read the book in the gospel, four books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for one whole year without reading any other thing. For that one year, I read nothing except Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I went through it over and over and over again. I wanted to find out exactly what Jesus said and did in the gospel. And I began to realize it is always God's will to heal the sick. So I began to go after healing and pursue. I want to see and fulfill the great commission by obeying Jesus' example, heal the sick, preach the gospel, love the people. 
And so it has been more than seven years since I started out ministering to people in the streets and I've seen thousands of individuals healed in the streets of Singapore, whether in restaurants, cafes, coffee shops, shopping malls, uh, waiting in the queue, waiting to make payment in the supermarket, at the bus stop, in the bus, in the train, in the plane, in the airplane, in the hotel, uh, over the internet, in a phone call, in the elevator, almost every kind of situation, even in the toilet. Amen. And I remember there was once I, I was in the toilet and I was just, I was just relieving myself halfway and God spoke to me at a urinal about someone on the right side. He said, the guy on your right side has neck problem. I mean, what do you do when you're not done with your thing yet? So I turned to him, I look at him and say, do you have pain on your neck? And he looks at me, you are a pain in my neck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, he didn't say that. He, he asked me, how, how do you know that there's pain on my neck? I said, well, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And it was in the seventh month. No, I didn't say that, of course. If I were to say that, he might just pee on his pants. And so I said, well, let me take a look later because I got to finish my thing and he got to finish his thing, man. And so when we, when we, we were both done, I waited until he had washed his hands because some guys, they don't wash their hands after using the toilet. And so I ministered to him. He received healing. I shared the gospel with him. He had an encounter with God right in the toilet. Uh, there was once I entered a lift going up on the 15th floor. So one guy came in on the second floor and he was going up probably on the fifth or the sixth floor. And God spoke to me about his left shoulder. So I asked him, do you have problem with your left shoulder? Is it because of an old injury? He said, yes. I said, well, can I just bless you with free healing? He said, sure. So I stepped out on the fifth floor together with him and ministered to his shoulder. He received healing and he said, can you also help me with my left ear? Because I could hardly hear anything. It's, it's almost deaf. And I said, well, okay, let, let's try. So I ministered to him a few times, got him to stand a far distance away, and he could hear me loud and clear, completely healed. His eyes grew teary, and I shared the gospel with him. He received Jesus into his life. I prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit right outside the elevator. Praise Jesus. You know, here's the thing. If we know our identity, healing is our reality. It doesn't matter where we are and what we are doing. Our whole life becomes the manifestation of the Great Commission. Everywhere we go, healing follows us. People encounter Jesus through us. Somebody say amen. And we have seen metal plates dissolve in the body, metal screws dissolve in the streets. You see, the gospel is not just preached. It has to be demonstrated in and through our lives. Apostle Paul said that the gospel does not just come in words, but in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. He said that my preaching did not come to you as with words of human wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Today, we we simply reduce the power of God to just listening to good messages and intellectual debates. Now, I have nothing against that because I'm all for the Word. Those things are important. I'm zealous for the Word. But we as a church not only need to represent Jesus, we need to represent Him to the world because everybody wants a king like Jesus. He is so so, so good. I minister healing and the prophetic and the gospel every time when I'm, when I'm out in the streets. It used to be daily, almost daily. But now because of the COVID situation and, and people don't meet up so often, we work from home for what is necessary. So we don't go out as often. But to me, this whole thing is not about a ministry. It's not about 
an outreach event. I don't set aside time to do a special outreach event. To me, it's a lifestyle because our whole life is the lifestyle. Our whole life is the outreach where we can fulfill the Great Commission everywhere we go. Amen. You and I are called to represent Jesus. Everywhere we go, we can revive people to the reality of the kingdom and who Jesus is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I know now because of the COVID situation, with the social distancing, it might be a little bit harder to reach out to people in the streets and we've got to be tactful. Uh, but it's not impossible. It's still possible. Just a few days ago, I was at Starhub Center and speaking with the receptionist. So he was trying to type out some personal data about me. And while he was typing and doing his work, God spoke to me about his uh, right finger, the middle finger all the way to the shoulder area. So I asked him, do you have any problem from here all the way up? He said, well, yes. And, and I've gone to the chiropractor for a few times. It's getting better. But I still feel that strain over from the shoulder down. I said, do you feel it right now? He said, yes. I said, then can I just bless you for free healing? You can continue doing your work. I'm not, I'm not going to touch you. You just continue to do your work while I minister healing. So I simply sat there. I didn't say anything. I didn't touch him simply by believing that he would be healed. And all of a sudden, he felt warm going on from his shoulder all the way down. And he tried to test out his shoulder. He tried to find the pain and the strain, but he couldn't find any. And he was shocked. He said, what do you do? I said, Jesus loves you. He's the one who heals, who heals you. And it turns out that he's a Catholic. So he, he, he also knew about Jesus. So we left it as dead. You see, there's no method when it comes to healing. Just uh, recently, we were in the Zoom platform ministering to someone from the United States and he was blind on the right eye. Uh, we ministered to him a number of times for about half an hour. He began to see bright light on the right eye. He began to see light on the right eye. We are still waiting for the good report. But here's the thing. There is no method when it comes to healing because God can transcend distance. He's only present. It's all about knowing our identity so that healing can be our reality. Uh, there are so many testimonies I can go on and on, but here's the thing. What about you having your testimony? Because our believing can affect everything. In times like this, the church services and the gatherings can be shut down. The ministries or the outreach events can be shut down, but you cannot shut down who you are. You can't shut down your identity. You and I are called to represent Jesus. People out there are waiting for us to arise and walk in the fullness of our identity and fulfill the Great Commission. Somebody say Amen. So the Bible says this in Mark 16, verse 17. This signs follow those who believe. You see, Christianity is not about a location. It's not just coming to church. That's important, but it's not just coming to church. Christianity is about a position. It's not just about a location where we are just saved from hell. It's about a position where heaven is delivered into us so that hell is delivered out of us and we can represent heaven. Jesus didn't just die to bring us to heaven. He died to bring heaven to us so that we can represent him to those who do not know him. The Bible says that let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, in heaven is a done deal. Now it's for us to enforce it on earth by walking and believing in our identity to represent Him. Mark 16 verse 17 says, These signs follow those who believe. So it has nothing to do with how long you have been a 
Christian because there are people who have been Christian for a long time and they still do not know who they are. It says that this signs follow those who believe. So it has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with who you are because of what Christ has done. There is no other qualification except believing. So you don't have to be a prophet or, or, or evangelist. You don't have to be gifted. It's about believing. Because if you believe and understand, if you believe and know your identity, healing is your reality. Jesus didn't just die for us. He died as us. Let me explain a little bit. A little bit. Jesus died for us so that we can be like him. He died as us so that we can be like him. The cross is not just a revelation of our sin. The cross is also a revelation of our sonship. Jesus died to restore our identity and our value as sons and daughters of the Most High. But if we do not know who we are, then we cannot live according to the fullness of who he had created us to be. Uh, why live here when he has called us to live higher? Because if we are still self-conscious, then we will live a life of self-consciousness. But if we are Jesus, if we are son-conscious, then we will live according to the life of the son. We will live according to the image of who he had created us to be. Jesus didn't just die for sinners. He also, he died for the lost. The gospel is the redemption of the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. We are called to reach the lost, to restore them back to the Father because they do not know who He is. And, and to be lost means that we were in the right place and the right position to begin with. Are you with me? We are called to reach the lost. Granted, Romans 3.23 say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But before all have, all have sinned, what happened in the beginning? Because Genesis didn't begin with sinners. Genesis began with a relationship between God and the Son and Adam was the Son to begin with. Adam was created in the image of God and in his likeness. But Adam didn't believe in who God said he was. Today, there are still believers who don't believe in who God said he is and who they are. And so the serpent came to tempt Eve and said, if you were to eat of this fruit from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you shall become like God. But Adam and Eve were already like God to begin with. Yet the devil wanted them to think that they were not yet like God because the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, especially in identity. Today, he's still doing the same thing among believers. He wants us to doubt our identity so that we do not know who we are. We are constantly trying and striving to become someone else instead of already being the son that Jesus had paid a high price for. So we try to do something to prove something to get approval. Now, we are already approved by the Father even before we do anything. You don't have to try so hard to be a son or a daughter by working hard in a ministry. Those things are important, but God has already made you a son when you believe in Him and all of heaven is ready to back you up. I've met people, there are people who feel very affirmed when the ministries grow very big, when signs and wonders move through their hands. Now listen, we are already affirmed more than 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was beaten and marred beyond human recognition so that today we can have the Father's everlasting recognition. Jesus on the cross, He lost His sonship identity for a moment. He took upon our sins identity. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. 
He who knew no sin became sin for us, so that in him we become the righteousness of God in Christ. So on the cross, Jesus, for the first time in his life, he cried, my God, my God. All along, Jesus cried, my father. But when he was on the cross, he lost his sonship identity for a moment. He took upon our sins identity. He cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I know there are people who say that Jesus was just making an emotional statement. Well, Jesus always speaks the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When he took upon our sins identity, God is holy. God is righteous, perfect. He cannot be in union and fellowship with sin. God turned away sin in the body of his son so that he doesn't have turned away from you and me. I know there are people who I have heard People saying that God punished Jesus so that God doesn't have to punish us. But what I see from the Bible in Romans 8, that God punished, not Jesus, but God punished sin in the body of His Son. God condemned sin in the body of His Son so that we can fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. Galatians 3.13 says, Cursed is the man who is hung on the tree. There is to fulfill the law in Deuteronomy. So when Jesus was hung on the cross, he became cursed. In order to redeem us from the curse of the law, he became cursed and God destroyed that curse. God destroyed that which destroyed us. This is likened to the Old Testament between Moses and the people of Israel. When they were beaten by the fiery serpents, God told Moses, you put a bronze serpent on the pole. And so bronze speaks of judgment. The serpent on the pole means that the thing which caused them to die, has been judged. When the people of Israel look to the bronze serpent on the pole, they know that the thing that destroyed them, the curse that destroyed them has been judged and they are free to receive their healing. And this is a foreshadow of the New Testament. We see Jesus on the cross. He became cursed to redeem us from the curse of God. He became cursed and God judged that. God condemned that sin in the body of His Son. So now when we look to the cross, we can see our sickness judge, our diseases judge, our depression judge, our issues judge, our sin judge. When we look to Jesus on the cross, we can receive healing. We can receive health. We can receive deliverance. We can receive righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Jesus took upon our sins identity and lost his sonship identity for a moment. He cried, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? So that today you and I can have our identity restored permanently as sons and daughters of the Most High. And we can cry, my father, my father, you never leave me. You never forsake me. We are forever God's beloved sons and daughters. And do you know that as God's sons and daughters, heaven is open for us 24-7. It never, ever shuts. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 10, John was baptizing people at the Jordan River. And Jesus comes by and he says, John, baptize me. And John is like, are you kidding me? I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. You want me to baptize you? And Jesus said this, permit it be so, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus went for water baptism to fulfill all righteousness. Since the age of 12, Jesus had been fulfilling all the commandments of the law. If we look there in Luke chapter 2, you can see Jesus at the age of 12 went up to Jerusalem to partake in the feast of Passover. Because according to the Jewish custom, before you were 12, you were considered a child and your parents will fulfill the law on your behalf. But the moment you reach 12, you are considered an adult and you have to fulfill all the commandments of the law. 
So Jesus obeyed all the commandments of the law from the age of 12 to 30. In the law of Deuteronomy in chapter 28, you see a whole list of blessings that will come upon you when you fulfill all the commandments of the law. It's literally open heaven. But if you break just one of them, the same chapter, a whole list of curses will come upon you. No one in history had ever fulfilled all the commandments of the law except Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus, after coming out from water, baptism, he fulfilled all righteousness. Under the law in, Deuter- in Numbers, a priest began his ministry at the age of 30 after ceremonial washing, washed in water. Jesus waited until he was 30 years old, washed in water. When he came out from water, he fulfilled all righteousness. The law, the blessings in Deuteronomy 28 were all ready to come upon him. When he came out from water, heaven was torn open. The fullness of blessing, God, the Holy Spirit, descended upon him like a dove. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. From that moment onwards, Jesus walked under open heaven where healing, miracles, signs and wonders followed him wherever he went. Now, something very familiar happened when Jesus died on the cross. The Bible says in Matthew 27 that the veil of the temple was torn open. The word torn in Greek is the word ren, R-E-N-D. It speaks of a violent act of, a violent act of opening up. And the word ren is the same word used when Jesus came out from water. Heaven was ran open. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. That was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Oh God, that you will rend the heaven and come down. God himself, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and remained on him. Now, this is the important thing. Heaven was rent open the first time for Jesus when he fulfilled all righteousness and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Heaven was rent open the second time for you and for me When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was rent open so that the Holy Spirit can now descend upon you and me. We become the righteousness of God in Christ. God condemns sin in the body of His Son that we might fulfill all the righteous requirements of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the seal of our righteousness. The Holy Spirit is the proof of our identity. We are born again from above, seated with Christ in the heavenly places, as Christ is so our way in this world. In other words, we can all now walk in healing, miracles, signs and wonders wherever we went. Heaven, wherever we go, heaven is open for us 24-7. Healing is freely available for us to walk in. Come on, if we know our identity, healing is our reality. The question is, is the Holy Spirit in you? then heaven is open for you 24-7. As believers, we don't pray and beg God and fast to open up heaven. Heaven was long open 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. It's not based on your effort or my effort. It's based on Jesus' finished work on the cross. As He is, so are we. And this, this is why we can do the same work that Jesus did and greater works than this we will do because He has gone back to the Father. This is why we can lay hand on the sick and that they will recover. Healing is your reality. So we don't have to look to some great healing evangelists or prophets or, or people to get healing. Even though there's always something we can learn from them. But the point is, Jesus said, don't look here or look there. Look within, for the kingdom of God 
is within you. Heaven is within you. Healing is within you. Everyone, every single believer can walk in healing, miracles, signs and wonders wherever we go, whether in your workplace, in the marketplace, in school, in cafes, in Starbucks, wherever you go, healing follows you. Amen. Mark 16, verse 17. Again, it says, these signs follow those who believe. It says, signs follow the believers, so we don't pursue signs and wonders. If we believe signs and wonders follow, there are people who go to the very, to the extreme to pursue signs and wonders and the manifestations. They are like moving with all those manifestation. Oh God, can you feel God? There's so much anointing in this place. That's not anointing, man. That's annoying. Because my Bible tells me that if we believe signs and wonders follow us, if we know our identity, healing is our reality. Have you ever wondered why Jesus never taught his disciples how to heal the sick? You can't find that in the Bible. They watch him do, but he never taught them the methods. He didn't say, well, step one, do this, step two, step three, step four, do this, step five, step six. No, because if we teach people how to heal the sick, then they will start focusing on the method and the doing and they forget about who they are because of what Christ has done. They forget about their identity and when they are faced with issues and challenges where they don't, they don't encounter healing, they don't experience healing, they start to fall into the trap of disappointment, bitterness, discouragement, disillusion. No. And they start thinking, God, maybe you don't want to heal me. God, maybe uh, there's something wrong with me. God, is there something you want me to learn from the sick- sickness? Well, well, if we think that way, then we have moved away from the foundation. We have moved away from our identity. We have moved away from who we are because of what Christ has done. Don't let what you are, you are going through overwhelm what Christ has gone through. Always let what Christ has gone through overwhelm what you are going through. Your symptoms in your body, they are real, but they are not truth. The symptoms are not your identity. If you stay in your identity, eventually healing will be your reality. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray and the first two words are the most powerful and important truth. It says, Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. This is who we are. Healing and and miracles, they are our reality. This is what we have because of who we are and we don't change that position regardless of what we are faced with. Uh, last passage and I'll close in Isaiah 53 and verse 4 to 5. We all know this passage, familiar with it. It says, Surely he has bought our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word griefs and sorrows in the Hebrew literally means sickness and pain. You can look, you can check out the cross reference in, Isaiah, uh, in Matthew 8 and verse 17. Uh, we don't have time for that, but surely he has bought our griefs and carried our sorrows. We can read this way. Surely he has bought our sickness and carried our pain. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, this is Isaiah prophesying to the coming of Jesus, taking the stripes. So he, he used the word present tense. By his stripes, we are healed. But when Peter recounted the entire incident, he wrote in 1 Peter 2.24, he used the word past tense. He said, by his stripes, we were healed because the event had already taken place 
2,000 years ago from our time. In other words, we don't need today, we don't need God's permission for someone to be healed or set free. God already permitted it more than 2,000 years ago when he placed every sickness and disease on the body of his son so that by his stripes we were healed. God's will and his timing for us to be healed and make whole were long established 2,000 years ago. From that moment onwards, it is always a yes. It is always his will and his timing for us to be healed and make whole. Healing is now. Salvation is now. Today is the day of salvation. It's, it's really my desire to empower believers to walk in identity and healing. Um, now, now that because of this COVID situation, we, we can't minister to one another. So we are watching from home. And so we can't do that. But here's the thing. Healing is simple. It's by grace through faith. Everything in the kingdom is by grace through faith. Salvation is by grace through faith. So the way we receive healing is also by grace through faith, simply by believing in who we are because of what Christ has done. If we know our identity, healing is our reality.